On today's episode, we talked about anticipatory grief, what it is, and how to deal with it. How do you recognize it when somebody's going through it? And the struggle of it. Because it is a struggle. It is. So please listen in. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Let's just delve into anticipatory grief, right? We're anticipating it. We're going to talk about it, Dr. Nick. So what is it? Um, anticipatory grief is the idea of the person is actually not dead yet, but they are dying, right? whether it be a cancer patient, whether it be an alcoholic or an addict or someone who is just suicidal um, and has been suicidal their whole life. Um, anticipatory grief is a tough one because you are literally grieving an alive person. Um, and that that can be very triggering for a lot of people because they're technically not dead yet. So how do we grieve that? Well, that's an interesting thing, too, and realize on the anticipatory grief side, that can go for both sides. That can go for the actual person that is dying, um, comparably to the family or friends or just neighbor of somebody who knows somebody who's dying. So think about it. It could go both ways. And I think that's something to really think about, right? So, for instance, you you get that horrible call. You know, from your dad, I'm sorry to tell you, but I just found out I have stage four leukemia, whatever cancer. And, the, and then, you know, the next thing that said is the doctor said I have you know, su- such a and couple stuff, weeks right? to live or whatever. Yeah. And especially if it's um, a case where it's dementia or um, Alzheimer's, because that person might not even be there anymore, right? Well, you've been you've been anticipating that grief for a long time. Yeah, then. you you've watched them go from not even knowing who you are to not even knowing who they are to not even feeding themselves. Um, so basically, yeah, this this mind frame of you already start this grieving, you start the grieving process before the actual death has occurred. That's that I mean that's I mean the clinical term terminology of this. And it's a very, very challenging. It's a very, very tough. Um, I've had, a, I, can, I can speak for my profession, I'll have it a lot. Well, they'll come in and they'll say, you know. And sometimes it's, it's a, it's a, uh, they're relieved, you know. Um, it's a relief of this anticipatory grief. Um, I knew grandpa hasn't been grandpa for the last two years. So it was, when I heard the news, it was a relief to me because, in my opinion, he should have been gone two years ago, you know, or, um, you know, especially if there's religion involved, he's he's in heaven or he's with grandma or he's, you know, he's not suffering anymore. Um, but there's that other side, too, where this anticipatory grief is is very, very challenging because just like you go through the grief stages after death, you can go through these stages prior to the death occurring. So you might be going through the denial, the anger, the bargaining, depression, um, and then acceptance and then start all over again, especially if it's a long drawn out anticipatory grief. Well, not to mention, even if you, even if you have this idea of heaven and they're going to be going on to a better place, there's also guilt and shame wrapped into this. Should I be wanting them 
to move you know, why on do to I that. feel like they should yeah. be you know is there something wrong I with should me? I should be wanting them to live longer I should be wanting them to you know I, I hear this a lot too with people that you know people that are struggling with cancer and they decide not to take chemo right and then the family gets stuck with this idea like why doesn't grandpa do it why doesn't grandpa prolong his life for us for for us right yeah so it's a very selfish thing right but but it, in fairness it, we we all we well, all want to keep our loved ones I was alive. going to the normalize, right? Let's normalize this feeling, though, too, because you want, you love that person. You don't want to see them gone. Right. But this brings up this anticipatory grief, which is even more challenging because you're wrapping grief and you're wrapping grief and um, shame and guilt in, in the same package. Right. Right. Because you want them to not suffer anymore, but yet you don't want them to die. So. And if I want them to die, then am I, again, it goes back to this idea that if I want them to die, then it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I see. Again, it's this narcissistic belief that we have control, control over, over death. death and we don't. Sounds like we bring this up a lot, Dr. Nick, about well, this control on death. It could be a thing. That we need to start talking about death. Um, but you know, one of the things I could say about anticipatory grief, which is kind of what we've been beating since the beginning, is just to talk about it on both ends. Be able to discuss to the person, you know, how are how are you dealing with this? You know, Grandpa, they, they gave you four months. How are you dealing with this right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe Grandpa saying, well, how are you dealing with this? Well, I, you know, I think of N.A. Uh, or Al-Anon is the big one I think of right now because that is a great group for people that have anticipatory grief, especially with um, alcoholics or addicts. Because the reality is, is that if they continue to do what they're doing, it is eventually going to kill them. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time, you know, especially with heroin and all these really hard drugs, if we're going to call them that. Um, It is a matter of time. They're either going to get a bad dose or they're going to do too much or um, whatever the case may be. You know, the body, our bodies can only take so much. Right, right, right. Physically and emotionally, we can only take so, so much trauma. Eventually, the heart's going to go, right? So we know this. And I think as human beings, especially when we get older, we start recognizing that these people are going to die. What, how are we supposed to feel? And let me, let me go with this. Everybody feels so differently that no matter what you feel is okay, What's not okay is if you're hiding from that feeling. If you're not if you're not accepting that feeling, if you're trying to bury that feeling, that's not okay. The feeling itself that's subjective, that is your feeling and that you need to talk about that, you need to address it, you need to hit it head on, right? That's the old saying. So how do you do that? Again, we talk about it. Bring it up to your friends. Bring it up to your family. Bring it up to the person that's dying, how you're feeling. You know, if, you, if you're dealing with a drug addict, tell them how you feel about it. I mean, if you watch, you watch any intervention show, right? That's the one thing that they all, they all get together and they talk about how they feel, right? Step one, because that's the most important thing is to get your feelings out. Talk about it. Talk about it with the person. Talk about it with other people. Go seek out therapy if you need it. Because the reality is, is that 
you not talking about it or you not accepting it is going to cause a lot of not not only emotional issues, but those emotional issues are going to add up to become physical issues. So take care of yourself. Right. No, and that's 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 huge. Just talk about it. Just start going on about it. And and honestly, realize real, you're not alone. There's a lot of other people that are going through anticipatory grief or have already gone through anticipatory grief. Um, and like we've said before, there are places, there are people you can talk to, psychologists or funeral professionals or anybody who Death deals doulas. with mental, mental health. Um, these are all things you can talk about. And just don't don't be alone with these feelings by yourself. People can help. And well, and that's another thing. You're not alone. There's a lot of people that are struggling with anticipatory grief at this moment that we're talking about this. And I think something we've said, but I think is really important to re, 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 uh, iterate. reiterate is that talk to the person that you're anticipatory grieving about, grieving about and have them reciprocate because in those conversations, you're going to be able to get through some of these questions that you wouldn't be able to answer if you didn't. Well, not to mention that person is probably wanting to talk about it too. It doesn't know a person that is grieving their own death, you know, whether it is a, a drug addict or an alcoholic or um, someone with cancer or something, you even opening the door to conversation might completely change them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because nobody is talking. It's the elephant in the room, right? We all know it exists. We all know this is an issue. This is a problem that we're all struggling with, but yet we're not talking about it. Why? It, it, no, it, yet it goes. It goes to. I mean, yet again, we make it sound so easy, and we we do understand it's a it's tough. It's not it's not as easy as we're making it, but it is the truth. Like, why aren't we discussing this? This 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 is the the, the real the real elephant in the room. Real uh, the real real the real the real 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 real. Um, so just get out there and start talking about it. Well, uh, death. It, let's be real. Death is the elephant in the room, no matter what. And it's a big elephant. It, 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 whether we're, we're talking about it, thinking about it, or knowing about it, it is the elephant in the room because that is finality. That is fin. Do you think um, anticipatory grief gets um, uh, kind of shuffled under the rug a lot? Oh, absolutely, right? We, we think about, you know, and, and Benny and I's experience, we talk about, we joke about, and it, it's a sad joke, about how... It, how insane it is in our mind to think that some jobs only allow people that lost their parent to have a day off for the funeral or two days off for, for visitation in the funeral. What are we giving people that are in anticipatory grief? Uh, absolutely. Are we giving them anything? No. Well, that person's not dead. So why are you grieving? That's really tough. And if you think about it, like hospice does the best that they can, but we've heard of, you know, you you hear of people that, you know, they give six months and they live three years yeah. or you, they give two months and they, they live six months. And let me do a quick shout out to any caretakers out there. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. It is a very, it, you're unsung heroes a lot of the time. And you you do an incredible job with these families. I'm not trying to call you out by any means, form, or shape. I'm just bringing up that when it comes to anticipatory grief, just like everything else, nobody knows when you're going to die. No. Nobody. We don't know. We, we don't can know. do medically or the best to our knowledge what's going to happen, but we don't know. We don't know. 
So, Doctor Nick, when it comes to the caretakers, let's let's take the professionals out, right? Let's talk about the actual individual that's taking care of. For a lot of for a lot of individuals, it's it's the spouse, right? They've been together for sixty years, or the children, till death do us part, right? Um, or the children, a son or a daughter. Usually, one has to basically take on that role. Um, do you feel like what's their anticipatory grief with that? You know, again, like anybody that's grieving, period, it's so different in so many aspects. It it depends. Like, did they did they have any clue this was going on? You know, I, I think of some caregivers that have literally been living with their parents that's dying or the spouse who's, you know, helping the other spouse for years, years. So... They might have had anticipatory grief at the beginning of it, but now it's like, well, it, it it's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to happen tomorrow, or it's going to happen the next day. I think of caregivers a lot because the reality is is that if we're going to talk about anticipatory grief, right, with them, is like, how long can they do what they do? How many hours, you know, a night are they going to stay up with this person because they're so worried that they're going to miss that moment? You know, especially people that really do care, they try desperately to not eat, to not sleep, so that they can make sure that they're there at the end of right. that person's life. Right. And they are so physically inept because they, they don't get enough sleep. They don't get enough food. They don't. And then let's say, for example, it does happen. The death does happen. And then, again, this this guilt did I do everything you know, I could have? I could have stayed up that extra hour, or why wasn't I there? Right. The one day, a, the one night a week that I decide that I'm going to go home and get some sleep. We just don't take care of ourselves. And the one thing I will say about anybody that's dealing with anticipatory grief, make sure you're taking care of you, because the reality is is that you cannot help anybody unless you are on your game. That means eating, sleeping, doing your hobbies, doing everything you need to do to take care of yourself. So please do that. Yeah. No, absolutely. 100% agree. You have to you have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of anybody, really. I think that's I, I think that answers the anticipatory grief, Nick. I think we need to get in some Q&As. Q&A, Q&A. Everyone loves that Q&A. Dr. Nick, is it normal to not grieve at first but feel extremely sad about it after a while? My grandma passed away three years back, and at first I didn't really grieve or anything like that, which felt weird because she basically raised me. But ever since last year, it felt like there has been a huge hole in my life without her. Is that normal? So we can talk about the stages of grief, right? One of one of them is, you know, I I put put it as is shock, right? This I, This initial knee-jerk reaction that your brain it protects the body right so the idea is is that okay so i'll give you an example so there is there was this one woman who literally drove through an airplane accident an airplane came down in front of her on the highway blew up and she drove right through it and went home and had no memory of that for years um and what what the reality is is that when your brain experiences a very traumatic experience 
it literally shuts itself off and then resets, right? To me, to me, what, what I'm hearing out of this story that you're telling me is, is that this was a traumatic experience for you to lose your grandmother. And it just took some extra time for your brain to readjust to it. So it needed to reset and go, okay, you need to survive. You need to eat. You need to go on with your life, blah, blah, blah. But eventually we got to take care of this. Eventually we got to talk about this, right? You know, you think about a friend, right? Only so much time is going to go, go on between a problem. Eventually they're going to say, okay, we need to talk about this. That's what your brain did, right? That's how I would explain it is that your brain eventually caught up to what is going on and thought, okay, you know, (laughs) I've given you adequate time to get some sleep, to live your life, do whatever, but we got to take care of this problem because this has been, uh, you know, on the back burner for way too long. You know, and I'll take it, I'll take it the opposite way. One of the stages of death is acceptance. And that is something that you can get to right away. If you, if, if that's, if that's where you go in your grief journey, but something may have hit you. Something may have spiked or, or spiked something back into your grieving process that brings everything back to a, a screeching halt. Um, a sensory or a, a memory or somebody's mentioned her or maybe you remembered something that you didn't even remember or didn't think about during the time. Um that that could be also too. Maybe you was you were okay with the passing three years ago, um, but now something else. Maybe there's something important. Maybe you're raising a kid now, or maybe you're uh, you have responsibilities now. And now that you remember your grandma had all these responsibilities of raising you, it's bringing all these triggers back into your life. So it is it is really normal. It is extremely normal, and that's the biggest thing about grief. There is no guideline. There is no textbook. Um, any, any feeling, any thought, any, any extreme reason for grief is, 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 is all normal because there isn't, grief isn't, isn't categorized. It's not, it's not something you could put your, put a, put a pin in. It's, it's something that evolves and it evolves with you. Um, so I don't think there's nothing abnormal about you at all. Um, and I think it's, I think it's comforting, um, to note that, it isn't. It isn't. And you will go through this and you and you may find acceptance again and or you may go through this a couple more times. If you choose to love, you choose to hurt. And that's 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 all part of the process. It's all part of the process, Dr. Nick. Good job. Second question, Dr. Nick. Death of a distant friend. A girl I knew not very closely died this week. I heard the news today and it hit me a lot harder than I expected. Of course, I never expected her to go out so soon either. She was 23, as am I. And though we lost touch through college, she was one of the the first friends I made on this journey. But it shook me a lot to hear the news. What pains me the most is that I feel like I didn't know her well enough to give her the homage and remembrance she deserves. I guess all I can hope for now is that she's looking down and hearing what I have to say for her. Any thoughts on this specifically, Dr. Nick? I think you thinking about her is the homage she needs, is that you remembered her. You remembered the beauty of her. You remembered all the times that you shared together. Maybe you don't have the right words, but let's let's be real. 
even writers don't have the right words at times. And it's because what you're dealing with is maybe there is no right words to say. Maybe there is no right thing to do because this person meant that much to you. You know, I always think of death is not a, a quantifiable situation. It's a qualifiable, meaning quality. You can't quantify how you feel about death, but you can actually tell someone how you feel about it, right? That's a quality, right? You're telling your experience. That's the reality of of what I'm hearing here is, is that you're trying to quantify something that you can't. You're trying to put words in your mouth. You're trying to say the right words, but maybe the right words don't exist. You know, I always think about that with languages. If you we try to translate some languages in the English um, vocabulary, we don't have certain words for other people's um, languages. So we do our best to, to make sense of other people's languages. This is what it sounds like to me, is that you're trying to put words to something that you can't. It's just that deep or it's that beautiful that we can't actually um, vocalize it, but you can explain it. And that's the thing I think you need to be focusing on is your experience with this person. Yeah, and I don't know how to add any more to that, Dr. Nick. I really think you just verbalizing this, you know, you say you're not that close, you know, but at the same time, this, this person meant a lot to you. Um, and you know, it's tough. And and you're looking at somebody who shouldn't be, shouldn't be dead. I mean, they're 23, just like you. So it also is bringing in this, this own, um, mortality to you. Like maybe it's a reflection of if I died, would she have more to say about me you know would she you know and maybe that's subconsciously or consciously and I think you bring up some really good thoughts and I think what's important is you're bringing up these thoughts um it's it's challenging and like Dr. Nick said there's no way of uh quantify it you can't because everybody's experience is incredibly different and uh, everybody has different feelings and, and different um, just personal experiences on grief. So. And just because you don't have the right words doesn't mean that you didn't care. I mean, look at me. I'm a, I don't have the right words yeah, to say to stumbled, you. Stumble mumbles over here. I think the important part, Dr. Nick, marbles. and I think you said it too, is that you're verbalizing this. You're actually thinking about it and you're yeah. bringing it up. I think you need to do what you I think is important to you and what you think is important to homage your, your friend. You know, Ben, you listening to this this question too. It may, it, it, it reminds me of that idea when people say, you know, I've always been super close to this person, and even though we haven't seen each other in a really long time, every time we get together, it's almost like we just pick it, back we up. just pick back up, right? Right. So for me, what this this conversation is talking about is this idea that. There is a close bond here. Whether so, you haven't seen them in, in a couple months. Maybe you haven't seen them in a couple years. It doesn't. It doesn't disregard the relationship that you had with this person. Yeah, relationships are timeless, and uh, especially um, if you had a pivotal moment in your life that you shared with this person, it doesn't. You can't disregard that, and time doesn't tear away at that. And I think that that's another caveat to take into consideration is. His um, emotions and experiences are timeless, and you might you you're you're being hard on yourself just because you haven't talked to her in a while. I, I really feel so. 
Take well, I also think I also think the beauty thing is is that that talks to how close of a bond you two had, is that that you're talking about even though you haven't been together for a really long time, you saw you know you heard about this death and it destroyed you, right? There's something beauty there. There's beauty there, you know, especially for people that worry about legacy, like who's going to remember me? This person that hasn't even seen you in a, you know years remembers you. Yeah, and meant a lot to her. That really puts things in perspective: is how many people are out there that sure does, Benny boy, that have that same feeling every time somebody dies. Think about it. Well, I thank you for listening, and if you have any questions or just comments or thoughts about the podcast, we'd love to hear it at let's talk about death pod at gmail dot com. Review us, share us, love us, send us out. Talk about death. Just go just see the next person you see and bring up death and see what happens. Dr. Nick, I think we talked about anticipatory grief. I think we uh, accomplished it. Nailed it. Because if you ain't talking about death, you ain't living.